0: Hello, FRIED fans, and welcome to Season 4 of FRIED, the Burnout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Donovan, and my mission with FRIED is to hashtag end burnout culture. On this pod, we end burnout culture by sharing stories of people who have been through it all, sharing expert tips from the best in the burnout field, sharing hashtag straight from Kate episodes with my own expertise and some fun research now that I'm a student again, plus sharing actionable steps to help you end burnout starting today. If you're feeling burnt out right now, and you need personalized guidance, you can book a free breakthrough burnout call with me. You'll find the link bit.ly backslash call Kate in the show notes. Also, if you love fried and want to be part of our community, we'd love to have you just head over to Facebook and type in fried the burnout podcast discussion and click to join our group. It's a place for continued healing, deeper conversations and connections with people who just get it. And now, for this week's episode. Hello, fried fans, today this is going to be really fun because I'm getting to speak with Maggie Supernova, as you might know her on Instagram. And if you've been hanging around me for a while, you've probably come across Maggie's stuff because Maggie and I share each other's stuff and we comment on each other's stuff and we're pretty involved with each other. We're on, we're in a very serious social media relationship. So, so you might recognize her, but I'm so excited to have this conversation. We've both been waiting for it for some time. So Maggie is a burnout prevention and recovery coach helping mostly women to beat burnout, find balance, and live a life that prioritizes happiness. She is a devotee and teacher of yin and restorative yoga and meditation. Maggie uses her knowledge in both practices to support her coaching clients. In a former life, Maggie survived 12 years as a marketing exec in the live entertainment industry, a career that took her from the west end of London to Broadway and beyond. Maggie, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for
1: having me. I'm so excited and mildly terrified to be here.
0: (laughs) Please don't be, I have the best listeners in the world.
1: I know, I'm one of them. So
0: So don't worry, we're all good. So as you well know, we start every episode with your burnout story. So I'm going to exit stage left, as you might say in the industry. Oh man. (laughs) And give you the space to share your story thank you well okay so
1: um i thought about this a lot because i've told my burnout story so many times um in so many ways and i really wanted to use this opportunity to do it in a in a in a no holds barred kind of way um because i think about where i was when i burned out and how i found this podcast. Um, and how listening to it and the honesty and the rawness of it and, and everybody's stories helped me to understand what it was that I was experiencing. Um, so to be here now talking to you about my burnout stories, kind of surreal, <laughs> um, but if I can help somebody out there just by sharing my experience, then that is the magic for me. So, um, there's the headline version of my burnout story. And then there's the the benefit of hindsight version. Um, And I think both (laughs) are important, you know, because there was sort of the experience of being in it. And then there's the experience now with everything I've learned looking back. Um, So up until my burnout, my my big burnout, I worked in the live entertainment industry, as you said, I, I went to London at age 18 with, not very much money in my pocket to be an actress, to work in theater, to do something fabulous and theatrical. Um, and I ended up mar- working in marketing and PR, <laughs> which is basically the story uh, of most people who work behind the scenes <laughs> in the entertainment industry. Um, but, you know, I loved it. I was good at it. I, I felt like I found my place. I found something I was really good at. And it was it was part of the world that I loved and was so passionate about. So um, for 12 years I worked my way up in my career Um, right at the beginning I worked backstage I worked front of house in theaters um, and then for a long time I worked in a marketing agency um, and then ultimately I ended up working for one of the biggest most successful theater production companies in the world Um, and arguably one of the biggest and most successful projects ever in a big serious important job. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was traveling all over the world, I was working crazy hours, I was sleeping with my phone next to my face so that I could wake up if anything happened because everything was so important, you know, um, and I was incredibly emotionally invested in everything that I was doing, um, my life looked great. My Instagram looked great, (laughs) my CV looked great, you know, but behind the scenes of that, I was burning out in a big way. Um, So 2019 was a really difficult year for me. I was basically stuck in burnout that whole year, completely on edge about everything, not sleeping not eating properly, drinking way too much. And I just listened to the episode on alcoholism and burnout and I was like, mm yep, that was me. Um, I was traveling loads. I was crying in toilets a lot. Um, I was struggling (laughs) with anxiety um, and I was just trying to keep everything going. And I was trying that by taking medication, drinking gin and drinking caffeine and just carrying on. And I knew I couldn't go on I knew I knew I was desperately unhappy, but I was so overwhelmed my confidence and my self-esteem were just in the toilet um, I, and I was convinced that I couldn't actually do anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, And (laughs) I just thought, I've got to keep doing what I'm doing because I can't do anything else. Um, But at the same time, I was also trying everything I could to find a way out. Um, And I was not being successful because it's kind of hard to sell yourself on your CV when you are convinced that your CV is just based on dumb luck and no ability, you know. So imposter syndrome really had me. And I think back to the people that I interacted back then and who must have just... (laughs) (laughs) i <laughs> seen this like wide eyed, like slightly wild looking, sort of desperate woman who was <laughs> trying to get them to give her a job just to get me, you know, out of one, frankly, out of one frying pan and into the fire, because it would have just been going from one stressful situation to another. Um, so, yeah, I was I was stuck in burnout for most of that year. I was just pushing myself through I was ignoring the warning signs, um, and there were a lot of warning signs. Um, but it was actually only when I stopped. Um, and so I took a holiday over Christmas um, that year. I'd actually quit already. I'd handed in my notice because I knew I had to stop. I didn't know what I needed to do, but I knew I needed to stop. And my notice period is pretty long. Um, so even when I quit, it wasn't like, okay, I can breathe now. It was okay, I've got to just keep going. I've got to get through this. Um, But I took that holiday over Christmas because I figured I'm leaving so I can. And um, I totally switched off my phone, my emails, my social media, everything for two weeks, which I'd never done in my whole career. Um, I slept and I went to a spa um, and I went to see friends. And, um, you know, I still, I also drank loads ate really badly, traveled loads. I tried to fit everything into that holiday to try and just make up for everything, you know, like force myself to be happy. Um, And then it came time to go back to work and to start everything back up again. And my body was just like, nope. (laughs) Um, And it's like, I let my guard down for a little bit, just having that two week break. And my nervous system got a little taste of freedom And then it was like, oh, no, we are not going back to that permanent state of fight or flight, you know, that I was stuck in. Um, I tried going in and I would go home with a migraine or something. Um, There were days I couldn't get out of bed. And eventually I dragged myself in to work one day for a meeting, which then got cancelled as soon as I got in. And um, that was it. I just crumbled into tiny pieces and that was ultimately the moment that i succumbed to burnout that was the moment when i couldn't push myself anymore and i just broke into pieces
0: and are you on it were you in a heap on the floor
1: yeah <laughs> I was like quite literally yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. um It was, you know, I, I, I varied the floors. Sometimes it was my bedroom floor. Sometimes it was my bathroom floor. Sometimes it was the floor at work. Um, but yeah, I was, I was in a heap and I couldn't get myself up out of it. Um, and I've had a lot of time since my burnout to look back, you know, and get objective about it all. And I can see now how completely unhealthy my life was you know i was obsessed with my work and it it was the thing that completely defined me because it wasn't just work it was my social life it was my friends it was my passion and you know a big part a big part of it was because i was genuinely living my dream or what i you know what i thought was my dream Um, if you'd gone back and asked teenage me what her ideal perfect dream life would be that was what it was Um, and the reality was that that perfect dream life was um, was not not great. <laughs> it was not what that optimistic yeah. teenage girl dreamed it would be, um, and and yeah, it just it appeared like it was great from the outside, and that was kind of all that mattered to me towards the end because the appearance of success was kind of all I had by the time burnout really started hitting me hard. Yeah. Um. And I can, I can also see that it wasn't just from that job or from that particular year. You know, I, I didn't know that I had anxiety in a general way. Um, you know, Do I you thought, think you did? Yeah, definitely. I know. You did know have it. Now, okay. I know now, um, you know, I've been diagnosed with with anxiety now, and it's not just situational related to this specific thing. Like, I thought it was stress related or like the PTSD that, you know, yeah. that I from my burnout but I've had anxiety my whole life I've been afraid my whole life and that has been my motivator Mm. for so many decisions and I've cared so much about what people think of me what I look like to them that they are impressed by me um and and what I do and what I've done and and all of that was there the whole time I was in the arts industry I just I needed to be successful because if I wasn't I was a failure (laughs) And that was the worst thing I could possibly be.
0: And there was nothing in between. It was either massive success wow. or
1: all or nothing <laughs> which um, which is a phrase that you know, I think both of us will hear a lot because that's such a quality that um, all all people prone to burnout, you know, we always describe ourselves as being those all or nothing people. Um, yeah. And so yeah, that was that was absolutely absolutely what I was. I was just throwing myself into it to do everything, to do all the things, be the best yeah. at all the things. So I didn't have to deal with the fear. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I was really hard on myself. I ho- I held myself to a very high standard on certain levels. And, you know, I, I was taken advantage of a lot because of that through my career. And, and by that, I don't mean to sort of pitch this as a sob story, you know, like I'm not blaming my burnout on any one person but it's something that I've learned that it's important to acknowledge because my instinct has always been to internalize everything to hold myself accountable and to hold myself to blame and the theater industry is not a good industry for balance especially if you're behind the scenes and and by that I mean really doing anything that isn't the actual performing on stage. Um, I mean, they have their own set of problems, but there there is a problem with bullying. There is a lot of toxicity. And the mindset is the show must go on, which sounds all lovely and about camaraderie and sticking together and being in it together. But what that really means is the show is more important than you. Mm. And it's more important than your health. And it's more important than your happiness. And when you are in it, you believe that because everybody does. And as a result, that kind of makes it true.
0: And it feels good um, to contribute to it.
1: Exactly, it feels yeah. good to be a part of that process. It's like, when you're in it, you can't, it's the boiling frog analogy. I always use this yeah. analogy, you know, when you're in when you're in the pot, you can't tell that you're boiling alive. The interesting, the really interesting thing about the pandemic has been that people have come out the other side of it, mm-hmm. going, Well, it doesn't have to be like this anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and and a huge amount of, well, a huge amount, that's a massive generalization. But I know that a lot of um, people in certain roles have moved to another industry during the time of the pandemic because they had to, to keep going. And they are not necessarily coming back. Mm-hmm. So there's this void. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, well, why would I come back if yeah. I can have work-life balance here? This is how I we
0: change, change the system.
1: Yeah, exactly. This you sound- take the
0: people, you take the people out of the system and it no longer functions.
1: You impact the bottom line, and yeah. that's when change starts to happen. And yeah. I'm really I'm really excited to have the opportunity to be a little bit of a part of that change and that, you know, I've had conversations and consultations just in the way of sort of being able to say, this was my experience. This yeah. is why it did not work for me. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of it was my, a lot of it was my stuff and a lot of it was, was not stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But here's how I found the middle. Here's yeah. how I found the balance. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, hopefully Change will come, and not just in one industry, but in across. Know, you know, it, it's across the board. Um, and so, it has been really important to me to acknowledge that I did not single handedly do this to myself. Um, most of the work I've been able to do has has been on myself, like the internal factors that have contributed and that did contribute to my being in a place, physically, mentally, emotionally in which there was nowhere else to go, but to burn out. Um, and for me, it's been a lot about healing myself and dealing with my anxiety um, about physically getting out of London. Um, I actually yeah. moved I'm, I moved back in with my parents over the pandemic, um, which, and I'm still here, uh, which, and it's much more harmonious than it sounds because they live in a lovely bed and breakfast in the countryside, so. Lovely. Um, yeah, it's, it's. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty great. Um, and I've got a dog, and just it's it's so different to where my life was before. And um, and you know, it's different in in so many ways. But having this opportunity now, you know, spending this time reconnecting with my family, um, figuring out, having the time to figure out what's important to me and you know, figuring out who I am, who I've always been away from the person that I spent all this time convincing myself that I had to be.
0: Uh, That hit me right in the gut. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And, you know, like one of the biggest and hardest things I've had to come to terms with um, was the fact that I just, I didn't like myself. I didn't like the person that I become. I didn't like the person I was to work with. I didn't like the person I was pretending to be, you know, I I thought that that was what I wanted to be and who I wanted to be. But actually when I became it, I did not like them.
0: No, I was awful too.
1: Yeah. I was, I was awful in so many ways. I was awful.
0: (laughs) I was awful. (laughs) I didn't even know I was awful because I was so self-convinced that there was some, because of the level of importance I was putting on my job like the show must go on the show was so important and i'm part of the show uh, th- wow. therefore i am important was um made me arrogant yeah and, and rude and pushy
1: impatient. yeah impatient and like just so completely i mean it wasn't even self obsessed because it was it wasn't about self it was no. about thing you know mm-hmm. and and how can you not all be a, so obsessed with this thing and why is this thing not as important to you as it is to me you know mm. and um and actually my family have uh, frequently make jokes at my expense um uh, <laughs> and, and i and i am uh, i have good humor now so i can you know <laughs> i can i can take it on the chin but they um they like to joke about um how uh one of their nightmare scenarios was being with with old me um in a queue or or... (laughs) they're like oh god you in a queue I mean that was a nightmare or or being in a in a restaurant in a country pub and um someone daring to bring me a glass of prosecco that wasn't chilled they were like oh and I was like oh my god that bad who was that person I was and it's and it's it's awful looking back at it and the thing is you know, I've gone through this process of like actually reconnecting with with myself, who I actually am, like the me on the inside, the me away from all of that. And, you know, I call my burnout my supernova moment. Um, and I've told you this a lot, but, you know, it is it's the moment that everything went to shit and my old life, my old life exploded because so a supernova is when a star burns so brightly that it burns out and it explodes and you know everything goes crazy but then this new little star gets to come into existence and start to shine and so for me like that is what such a wanky way of putting it but that's where it comes Now it makes from. sense yeah. to me and you know and so now I'm like this little this little star and I'm like okay well what does this little star need what's important to this little star and and it's completely different to what I thought it was going to be it's yeah. a lot smaller um and it's a lot more balanced and it's a lot quieter and it's still i the things that brought me joy before still do
0: like a cold glass of prosecco
1: like well actually i don't really drink that much
0: anymore
1: (laughs) this is is the transformation that i used to drink because it was a coping mechanism you know it was something it was self-medicating and um and you know i think as well there is um I do want to note, um, because I mentioned medication earlier and, and I was sort of using that as a way of just not really dealing anything with anything and just trying to keep going. And, um, and I'm still, you know, I actually, I, I still take medication now, but I take better, well, I take the right kind and it's in balance with the other things that I do and I I always want to just mention that because you know for me it's been a balance of meditation and medication and good therapy and getting on the right path and you know that whole um that whole process has I've kind of lost my train of thought now but where was I going
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think you were just trying to and correct me if I'm wrong or if you there you go
1: alcohol you see there it is (laughs) And, and yeah, this, the um, I, it's med- medicating in the right way now. And actually, as a result, I don't need the drink anymore. And anyone listening to this who knew me in my old life would be like, what? Because I was definitely, um, you know, I was a gin and tonic, double gin and tonic in the interval, please, kind of gal. And, um, and that isn't my life anymore. It's, I like a drink. I'll have a glass of champagne. I'll have a glass of wine. But I'll yes. just have one.
0: Yeah. And and if it comes out not cold, you can still ask for another. Oh, but you know no.
1: no, I won't even do that, Kate. Do you know what I would do? I'd just say, can I have some ice, please? And yeah. I'd just put it in there and I'd be fine. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. It is amazing yeah. how different and actually... Um, Oh, can I tell this story? Okay. I'm going to tell this story in a way that does not, (laughs) that the the people involved cannot tell what the situation was. Are projected. Yeah. um, Yeah. So I was in, I don't even think I'm going to be able to do it. So I'm just going to tell the story. I was in London, um, because it was my, my friend's hen party, she's getting married. And, um, we were going to do, uh, go ape, which for anyone who is not British um go ape is like a sort of obstacle course in the treetops and like you it's like a you get kind of hooked into it and you've got a harness on and you go exploring it's brilliant great thing to do for Hendus. and um and so I got there took my time had a nice walk around the park got a coffee and um was sort of waiting for everybody else. Everybody got there. Everyone else had kind of been coming on a commute across London. And so was really stressed and was really, these are all people that are in London that are still in the zone, like a lot of them still in the zone that I used to be in. And um, they. I just was sort of observing the impatience and the stress and the way that, you know, waiting our turn, because we were, it was running a little bit late, and the way that that was bothering them, and I was just like, "Wow, this is exhausting." And I used to be this person, and mm. um, and it's, it wasn't easy to to stop being that person. Um, yeah. Well, in a way, it was. In a way, it was super easy to stop being that person. But what it wasn't easy to do was to come to terms with
0: the fact that I that I used to be that person. Um, so yeah, it's easy to imagine then that the uh, level of success that you had and the position that you held didn't then come with confidence because if you weren't liking yourself, how Mm. are you supposed to feel confident about being in the world? If you don't like, if you don't actually enjoy the person that you are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of it. It's like, hang on. If, if I'm go if I'm doing all of this, if I'm putting myself through hell, if I'm putting everyone around me through hell, if my body is exhausted my brain is broken my heart and soul have, have like gone they i don't know where they've gone like <laughs> what is the point you know and then that was that that was a lot of the thoughts that were going on in my head through that big burnout year it was like a lot of it was like what is the point
0: <laughs> yeah well and let's just acknowledge for a second that it hasn't actually been that long
1: no it
0: has right? not it has not been that long so really- a lot of Still right? it,
1: you know, and, and, um, and we had a
0: conversation
1: last year. I want to say it was last
0: year, maybe beginning was, of last year, maybe. So I feel yeah, like probably 18 months ago or so.
1: Yeah. Something like that, where it was like, you know, we were talking about the, okay, I know all the stuff now I've, I've read, all, I've, I've listened to all the podcasts. I've read all the books. I've done all the training. I'm a yoga teacher. Now I'm a meditation teacher. Now it, you know were the all cutest all the that day. and and I was just like and yet I still I'm still struggling with this stuff and it was the you know that revelation of embodiment and yeah I've carried that word with me all through this year. oh I love that the importance of not just knowing Mm. what you should do Mm. and the action that you should take in order to feel good and to Stay on this, like not just kind of recover from burnout, but stay in a world of prevention and a world of keeping balance and in a world of not falling back into those old patterns is by continuing to embody the lessons that you learn, not just knowing them, doing them for a while, and then being like, I'm okay now. (laughs)
0: I remember that conversation so well because I remember being totally enamored by you immediately like first of all you're gorgeous second of all you have the cutest accent for you know Americans love (laughs) a British accent
1: that's me me
0: yeah I mean (laughs) and it's totally worth it's totally worth it I love it and I remember getting on the phone and you like you went through like this 20 minute spiel of like all the things, you know, about why you should feel better. And then you looked at me and you're like, (laughs) but I don't feel better. (laughs) And I was like, I have actually been in that exact spot. And this, I'm going to give you a word. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you one word and I'm going to wish you luck because this is the only thing that you need really. And you said, as soon as I said it, you sat back. Your shoulders dropped, and you were like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, I did. like it was just like a. Uh, so my question then is to people who are like, "How the hell do you embody a lesson?" Mm-hmm. Because you've been working on it consistently for now a year and a half, and you're in a totally different place. Mm-hmm. How would you explain that to somebody?
1: I would say practice.
0: Mm.
1: Practice is what has gotten me through Mm -hmm. and practice even when you don't feel the benefit of the practice Mm -hmm. because that, I think what had happened with me, and this is now what I really sort of, I really, really emphasize this to clients that I work with, is that I did the meditation I did the yin yoga I did the therapy and I did it until I felt better and then I started teaching it Mm. and I started sharing you know that everything I'd learned and it started helping other people and I loved that and so you know I, I got more and more into that and as I did I stopped practicing myself so I wasn't meditating as much I wasn't doing yoga as much. And I wasn't burning out, but I wasn't maintaining myself. I wasn't maintaining my balance. And that is the thing. It's practicing when you don't need to practice, practicing when you don't necessarily immediately feel the benefits of practice and just keeping going because keeping going is when the magic happens. That would be. what I
0: would That's going to be a quote. <laughs> that, that's coming out in on an Instagram post <laughs> because um, that I agree 110%. There's, there's one thing I, cause I did the same thing. I got, when I got to burnout, I was like, I know all the rules. I was an acupuncturist for years. I knew all the stress management techniques. I was like this, whatever. And then I was like, uh Oh, mm. Knowing all the rules is not necessarily helpful. And almost everybody I work with is like, I'm a self-help junkie. I've read all the books. I know all the things and getting a coach is about accountability and practicing on purpose because, you know, you have another call coming up and you want to show up for it. And like, there's so much of that, of that, just like, well, what am I supposed to do this week? I need more homework. I'm like, you don't need more homework. You need to do this, actually do the thing that I'm asking you to do. Yeah. That you don't, I don't need you to learn anything else. I don't need you to expand your mind. I don't need you to just do this thing that you think is useless right now.
1: Mm-hmm. That doesn't yep. feel
0: very impactful at the moment.
1: Do the breathing. Yeah. Do the, do the gentle movement. That's, yeah. that's the thing really with when I work with clients and what I love about kind of the way that I have structured my business and my offering as a coach um, is that because I'm also a yoga teacher um so when i work with clients yes we're doing the coaching and yes we're doing all of the stuff in between but i'm also sharing um yoga classes that specifically like i'm giving you this yoga class because i know that this is going to help you and i don't just want you to do it once I want you to do it many times. And you can also come to my live classes because they're online. So they're accessible to everybody. And if you can't make it live, you can catch up on it. So they have all of these opportunities. Yeah. And they don't have to do everything. Right. But they have options. And I encourage as much as possible to like don't just come to the coaching sessions and think that's going to fix you. Because that's really just an opportunity for us to talk things through and for me to know what to check in with you about. Like the magic happens between the sessions. And so having um I've talked about magic a lot I'm gonna <laughs> I like it I like it I <laughs> like magic how many quotes about magic do you need but um you know that the, the shift happens between sessions and I yeah. love getting the messages from people I saying, saying I just did that bedtime yoga class in my pajamas and I've slept so well and I'm just like yes yes that's yeah. what we need to do <laughs> yeah
0: so We're going to use that as a a wonderful segue into the thing that I really want you to talk to people about today, because I think this is something that's incredibly important and something that was really hard for me personally, because I've always been an athlete. So slowing down for yin yoga was really a struggle for me, but was really, really helpful. And so but I, I want you to just sort of dive into yin yoga. Some people don't even know what that is, you know, like yeah. what the heck is yeah. going on?
1: And how, and also, you know, I think it's worth noting that I have not been a person who has been practicing yin for, you know, 10 years or something. Like I found this as part of my burnout recovery. Yeah. So so this is this is relatively, well, not new to me because I know quite a lot about it now, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but this, was a, this was a relatively recent thing for me too. So, so going back to, so I had my burnout yeah. and my, my brain broke and my body was done <laughs> and I never went back to work again. And, and I was sent to a doctor, to a therapist, to another doctor, and I was at home resting, sleeping, eating, walking, just nesting and letting myself be safe for a bit. And my therapist suggested bringing some exercise into, into my life, into my day. Um, and so, you know, she was like, so do you do exercise? What kind of exercise do you do? And I was like, yes, I do soul cycle and I go to boxing and I do this and I do that. And, and, you know, it's like the, and even the yoga that I did was, you know, hot yoga, 90 minutes sweating out of my eyeballs. And she was like, Mm, no, maybe try something <laughs> else. <laughs> maybe try something a bit slower. Um, and so I did know about Yin. I knew about I knew about it because um, a friend and a colleague actually had um, tried to sell me on this probably six months before because mm-hmm. she she'd been to a class and she was like oh it was wonderful you really need this in your life and I was like I don't have time for that I'm gonna get on another plane sorry and um and you know I just I did not take it seriously but at this point when I had no other options I thought okay so I went to my local yoga studio um shout out to the yoga house in South London which is an amazing yoga studio um and I went there I walked there and i signed up for a class called candlelit yin and i did not know what to expect i walked into the room and it was like it was you know a yoga class with the mats out but then there were all these other things that i'd never seen before like these uh well uh, what i now know is a bolster cushion which was is sort of like a sausage shaped um bean bag that was just on the mats and there were yoga blocks and foam bricks and blankets and eye pillows and all sorts. And I just, I looked at it, I just thought, what the hell am I supposed to do with all this stuff? And, <laughs> and, and I did the class, you know, it was like lovely music, lights down low, twinkly lights and hanging plants everywhere. And it was just the most, I don't even know how to describe it, which is what I'm here for, but it was just the most transformative hour and 15 minutes that it was like it doesn't matter how much sleep I'd had this was the first moment that I actually let myself rest let Mm. myself let go of some things cried like a baby absolutely you know there was a lot of emotion that was held that just needed to come out and um, from that moment on I well I became a regular in that class but I also just started sort of going okay what what is what is this because that was quite magical and at the same time I was learning about burnout I was learning about um, meditation and mindfulness and all of the things that I had been ignoring for years and saying no no I don't have time for that I was learning all of these things and I was almost i didn't even know what i was doing really but at home i was just doing the yoga poses that made me feel good in that class so i would be just sitting with my legs up against the wall or on the sofa while i was listening to a podcast or something because i knew that made me feel calm or i was just hanging out in child's pose for ages because i knew that that helped me um and so i knew that there was something in it and so for, for the benefit of people listening what yin yoga actually is if you have been to a yoga class, um, if you've been to a vinyasa class or an ashtanga class or a hot yoga class or a hatha class, what, whatever kind of yoga you've been to, or if you've just been to a class that's just called yoga, um, which I know those exist and we don't know what kind of yoga it is, but we're just gonna go probably do some downward dogs and a few warriors and hopefully not be asked to stand on our heads. You know, that's that's um, <laughs> that that might be your experience. and. Yin is completely different. It is a a very slow and meditative form of yoga. Um, It is all, mostly all, done on a mat. So not just standing on a mat, like you are down at the level of the mat. So whether you're sitting, whether you're lying down, whether you're um, on hands and knees or in child's pose or something like that. So it's all down at the level of the mat. It's very slow. And um, the principles of yin are that you create the shape you hold the shape you find your edge in that shape so that is just the first bite of sensation so and these are not you know twist yourself into a pretzel kind of shapes i mean they can be but they generally aren't these are really simple postures um and you get into the shape you find that first bite of sensation and then you stay there and you stay there in stillness just breathing, just letting the whole body relax into the shape, surrendering into the shape that you're making. And you stay there in stillness for several minutes. So in quite an accessible kind of beginner's class, it might be two, three, four, five minutes. In more advanced practices, it can be 20 minutes, you know, staying in a posture, which is simple, but not easy mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, if you have ever tried to just sit and meditate um, and you have a busy mind and or you're asked to just sort of sit and breathe and just let yourself be for a moment, that's quite hard. For people who are burning out, that's really very hard. But with practice, it becomes transformational because... It's an opportunity to let your body unwind, release the stuff it's holding onto. Because this is this is what I have loved learning about all through my um, journey into learning about teaching Yin, in terms of the way that we hold tension and stress in our bodies, the way that we hold on to trauma, the way that we hold on to ev- everyday things in our lives, our busyness, and and we just hold it. It lives in our joints. And I always, you know, I think about. I always say it's desk stress that lives in the shoulders from, from our sort of work day and emotional stress lives in the hips. And then once you start bringing the internal organs into it, you know, I, I I remember actually I have it here. Hang on. I'm going to get this little book because when I did a, one of my first yin training courses, there was, there's a little descriptor and you will know this Kate, because of your
0: Chinese uh, medicine past
1: Yeah, many, 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 years of um, expertise there but um so in describing the kidney the energy of the kidney there's this note that says it's put out of balance by late night work over exercise stimulants and lack of sleep and I remember reading that and just going well that's burnout that's what that's what made me burn out and and you know and there was one on the spleen that was about put out of balance by worrying and overworking and overanalyzing, and I was like that could be my anxiety. And, you know, I just as having these breakthrough realizations of the of, of how aligned this was with what I was trying to deal with and trying to process. And it just became a, a sort of wonderful marriage of my burnout recovery journey and yin as a huge part of that. And then learning to teach it, learning to learning to teach yoga and then learning to teach yin specifically and really diving into that using it to help my burnout recovery and burnout prevention clients has just, been, has just been wonderful. So yin is a very different kind of yoga to maybe what you've experienced before, maybe what people practicing or listening have experienced before. Um, if you are used to a much more yang form of yoga, um, it's very different and can be quite challenging. Um, But it's also so incredibly accessible because yin and particularly restorative yoga um, is, you can use, you use props, you use those lovely bolster cushions. So what those cushions that I talked about in the studio, what the cushions are for, um, are for supporting you in the poses. So this is what, again, another thing that I love that makes it so great for burnout recovery. Because when we are burned out, we feel like we can't relax. We can't let go. All we need is to be held and supported for a moment. And we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust people around us. We, don't, we, we, we are battered and bruised and broken. And something as simple as a cushion or a wall or a yoga block can be that support for you in that pose. And you can completely let go of what you're holding on to and it will hold you it will support you and it will allow you to process release and just let go of what's been stuck mm. and releasing what's been stuck is what helps bring your energy back into balance and for me my whole life post burnout my whole One of the big learnings really just that I've taken from my whole experience is the need for balance. Because, you know, it might sound cliche, but when you really start to think about life in terms of yin and yang and keeping that balance, addressing the periods of being out of balance by tipping the scales the other way to bring yourself back to the middle, that has been so helpful for me. Um, And I really consider burnout to be you know, as well as what we all know it is, chronic stress, exhaustion, overwhelm, all of that. But it's also, I feel it's being stuck in this chronic state of yang. Mm-hmm. And yang doesn't mean bad, but if it's not balanced with yin, if it's just yang, yang, yang all the time, it's not sustainable. And the whole point of yin and yang is that they're balanced and one can't exist without the other. And so if we're burned out and we have been just yang, yang, yang all the time until the point where we have just reached a wall, then we need to turn to the yin in order to heal, in order to balance that out and find our way
0: back to the middle. And what's really interesting about it when you go into the the Chinese medicine of it is when you overuse yang energy in the body, you deplete yang energy overall and you deplete yin energy at the same time. So by the time you're burnt out, you have low low levels of yang level energy available to you and low levels of yin energy available to you but in chinese medicine the yin yin energy yin is substance and yang is like air kind of like yang is energy and yin is substance that's a very 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 basic and not complete description but still yeah. and so The focus on building the yin is to provide the substance that the yang needs in order to move and flow throughout the body. And this is the like the, the sort of idea behind it when you get into the Chinese classics that you yes. need to build the yin so that the yang has something to ride on. So the energy, chi rides on the blood in the body, for instance, right? So the, the, the blood carries the chi, the yin carries the yang. And mm-hmm. so if they're both depleted, the yang, you, can, you can't build up without the yin because it will just fly through the body. And when it flies through the body, it creates things like tremors and um, a lot of like illness, a lot of sickness, a lot of you know mm-hmm. this, kind of, a lot of diarrhea, often things like this. So yeah. there's this idea that even though you depleted the yin because you overused the yang, you have to build the yin in order to be able to build back up the yang. And yeah. and in Chinese medicine, the like the idea of the the tai chi symbol, the the yin yang symbol that everybody knows is black and white, and the white has a seed of the of the black, and the black has a seed of the white. The, the thing of it is, if you don't try to maintain that yourself, mm-hmm. it will find a way to maintain for you because the system never breaks. When the yang gets too high, the yin begins. There's no way out of it. You can't yeah. do it any different. It's just the basic function of energy in the world. And you'll see it true everywhere once you start looking. But it's like, if you don't do it on purpose, life will do it for you. And
1: isn't that exactly what happens when we burn yeah. out? Because when we refuse to listen to our bodies, our bodies make us listen. Yeah. And they force us to the yin.
0: Yeah. It's like, you have no choice now. Go yeah. sleep. Like yeah. the most restorative yeah. thing for kidney energy is sleep. Before yeah. you do any herbs or any acupuncture or any qigong or any anything, the most restorative thing is sleep.
1: Yeah. And and I have found, you know, I've loved teaching yin and sharing what i love about yin with my burnout clients but i've also loved just teaching it to people who are not my burnout clients because so recently i've been able to start actual in real life classes again which is i know um which is amazing and has been so weird because i qualified as a you know my so this the way the timeline goes is i burned out and I went into sort of my own self-imposed lockdown, where I was getting myself well, and you know, not really paying attention to the outside world. And just when I was about to come out of that, suddenly <laughs> there was a global pandemic that forced everyone back inside. And actually, I—I I mean, obviously, I'm not glad that there was a global pandemic. Um, but the the way that that worked out for me is that it forced me not to jump straight back out there. Mm. I think I would have taken my 3 months to recover, I would have learned all the stuff and then I probably would have gone and used up the air miles that I have. <laughs> I would've gone travelling, I'd have picked up some freelance work and then I would have gone and got a job somewhere and been like everything's fine, made those surface level changes, don't haven't addressed the root causes of my burnout, but it's fine. And and then it, I would have been stuck in the cycle again because I I know the this wasn't just one time for me like I was stuck in the cycle for years and years and um and and yeah so what it actually did was it forced me back inside and it forced me to take longer with my recovery and that started becoming sharing what I was experiencing and what I was learning and that started leading to me me towards coaching and then towards my yoga qualification and then towards my meditation teaching and and all of that it all happened during lockdown and so i suddenly was back teaching people in well not even back teaching people in real life like teaching people actually in an indoor space for the first time um and a couple of weeks ago i had i did a candlelit yin class so it's all come full circle I'm <laughs> candle lit in to the regions because i don't live in london anymore mm-hmm. um and um and yeah i i did a class and then i got an email after that class from one of the students who i didn't know hadn't you know she'd just come to the class because i said this is a good class for de-stressing and helps you sleep and um she had lost her husband to covid mm-hmm. um and was grieving and hadn't slept the full night through since he died. And she told me in this email that after the night after that class, she slept through the night for the first time. And just, I was like that, that's it. (laughs) That's, that's the power. That's the power of what this practice does. And, um, you know, it doesn't take that away, but it helps, it helps. It helps you to sleep and sleep is what you need
0: yeah yeah well that just made me cry a little bit
1: i know, love it me too it <laughs> makes me cry when i think makes about it makes me cry a little bit and when there's so many stories like that yeah there's so many yeah it's it's been um it's been just such a gift to share it with people and i hope that people listening today will be able to go, let me see if there's a yin class, you know, somewhere near me. I want or, to do
0: one today now after this conversation. <laughs> yeah, are you kidding?
1: Yeah, exactly. Or, or you know, come and come and follow Maggie Supernova Coach on exactly. social media and then you can come and do one of my yin classes. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something to try and also recognize all teachers are different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you try it with one teacher and you're like, mm, I'm not sure that quite was what I expected it to be. Try it with a different teacher because everybody teaches in a different way. Yeah. Um, don't give up on Yin is what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: yeah. Give it a chance, give it a chance. It a
1: chance. This
0: Absolutely. was so massively important and I'm so grateful that we had the time to talk about it because I think this, this is something that we haven't talked about directly at all on the podcast and I think is such an amazing tool for people To me, like basic, like Qigong and yin yoga are practices that are like acupuncture light without actually having to go to acupuncture. Yeah. Like you're getting very similar benefits by doing something on your own. And I think that that's, and I know how powerful acupuncture is for burnout. So that's something that I think is just really incredible. So I'm so grateful. And if I remember correctly, about a year ago, you wrote me a message and you said, you know, it's one of my dreams to get on fried.
1: And I remember
0: thinking at that time, like, I can make that happen.
1: It was one of my new year's intentions for love that. this year. It was, I'm gonna embody this, Kate. And I tell you what, my goal is to be embodied enough
0: <laughs> that I can come on Friday. So thank and you. I am so um, so thrilled that we got to this point. And as soon as you wrote it, I knew it would happen anyway. And it took us a minute to get here, but I It was thank you for even saying that because I don't this is my little space, and I don't think of it like that. You know, like I started yeah. this with my foot in a cast in from my bed. like I don't think of it as like a as an aspiration for people, even though I know that that it is at and at this point, and I know what it is, but it's still, um, I was so grateful for that and so happy to know that there was a way that I could. Help somebody meet their goals and give somebody an opportunity to do something that was really important to them. So it was
1: well, thank, thank you. you, and you're welcome. Back at you, <laughs> and and you know, I this podcast really got me through it and really helped me to introduce me to people that I'd heard talking on the podcast, um, and you know, just. It just opened up my opened up my awareness because when I first heard the term burnout, um, which I think I I don't know if it was my doctor or my therapist that first said it to me, but somebody had said, you know, it sounds like you're burned out, and I kind of went, Hmm? no, I don't think that's what it is, and you know, and I went on Google and I was like, what is burnout? And um, and you know, what that led me to was a couple of books, a podcast, um, a few articles. And, um, and, you know, there wasn't very much information there, but what there was, was fried. And I could sit on my couch and just listen to story after story and then be like, "Mm, this story is not relevant to me, skip the next story and then be like, Hmm, maybe that story is now relevant to me. I'll go back to that story, you know, and I could, and I could listen to that while reading my books, while being upside down with my legs up the wall, trying to relieve my feelings of anxiety, you know, and um, and and it, and it made a huge difference to me. I know it's made a huge difference to literally thousands of other people. So isn't that
0: weird? To, isn't that wild to think about? I know, I know. It's so wild for me to think about. It's wild, and I'm wonderful. so proud of it. And also, I feel like I wrote a post recently where I really feel like I'm. I uh, Fry is not mine anymore. I am the. I am its caretaker. You know, like I take care of fried, but fried is its own entity. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's its own thing. Yeah. So thank you so much. I'm so glad for this. I can't wait for it to come out. I can't wait to hear people's reactions. I can't wait for a bunch of people to start trying yin yoga. All of Maggie's links will be all over the show notes. We will be tagging her in social media all over the place. You can't miss her and you shouldn't miss her. She definitely needs to be followed. One of the other things that I really appreciate appreciate about you is that you're not afraid to be like, hi, I'm still on this journey and this is how I messed up this week. Like, <laughs> She'll just come right on Instagram and tell you about it, which I think is really important in- this work because it's so Um, hard to stay in relax and stay in burnout recovery it's not it's not an easy task so i think that that's um really important and super helpful for people so follow maggie everywhere
1: can i also can i just do a little plug of course i do have a special page on my website that i Mm -hmm. created just that's for right, I forgot, sorry. Um, that's okay. Um, so you can find me at all the links, Maggie Supernova Coach on Instagram and Supernova.com. But if you head to Supernova.com forward slash fried, you'll find some helpful links to lots of the stuff that we've talked about. You can sign up to my mailing list there and not just get the usual freebies, but you'll also get my top five yin yoga poses for beating burnout straight into your
0: Hey, I love that. Oh, that's exciting. Oh, I love that so much. So everybody go do that because I know that you want to after listening to this, because I want to after listening to this. <laughs> so Maggie, thank you so much. Fried fans, you deserve all the good things that are coming your way and they are coming your way. Thank you for your ears, your time, your heart. And please do. If you think of you're listening to this episode and you thought of someone, please send it to them. Because the more people we have healing, the better chance we have of breaking down these systems that are taking advantage of us and breaking down these, these ways of being that are no longer applicable in our lives. We're not at those, we're not in those, you know, we're not in the industrial age anymore. Like let's be the change. All right. All right. Until next time.